Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, my man, Ron Boss Everlin, or better known as Just Train on Instagram and his website, JustTrain.com, which is both the places you can find him. But Boss is Kevin Hart's personal trainer. And if you guys are following him at all, you'll see that he is with him literally 24-7. I mean, on set, traveling, everything. So it's a crazy lifestyle. But Another thing that many of you may have noticed is that Kevin Hart is pretty damn ripped. So obviously Boss knows what he's doing. But on top of that, I really, really love this episode because it's a good example of just keeping things simple and sticking to your hustle will always pay off. Not only is Boss a really good example of somebody who has just hustled and grind his way from small town personal trainer to celebrity trainer working with names such as Kevin Hart. Christina Milian, Trey Songs, Neo, and the list goes on. But he's also had his own facility. He's worked with hundreds of individuals. He runs a coaching business now, and he's a really, really successful personal trainer. So this is great for everybody out there who wants to know how to go essentially from zero to hero with your business, with your success, and with your body. And it's really cool to hear his perspective on things, and it makes sense of why he is Kevin Hart's personal trainer. Many people know that Kevin Hart is like the rock star of comedy, right? He is known as a hustler. He grinds, he is extremely successful, and he has changed the game when it comes to comedy and stand-up comedy and everything, acting, all that shit. Um, But if you notice, Kevin Hart is also extremely fit. The guy's kind of ripped, really strong. He takes fitness and nutrition very seriously, and he makes it a pivotal point in his life. And he believes that because of his level of fitness and nutrition, he is very successful. It's a specific daily routine that Kevin Hart follows that allows him to not only stay fit, but to make fitness better his success, better his beautiful and loving family, better his career, better everything. And it's funny because if you look at people like Tony Robbins or Rob Deerdeck, Kevin Hart, The Rock, all these very, very successful celebrities, they all have a specific daily routine of fitness and nutrition. So it was really, really cool getting a chance to chop it up with his trainer really good guy really someone i uh, i look up to and i love chatting with um really really fun guy you guys will love this episode there is some profanity in there so be ready for that because we get pretty hyped we get pretty excited and he's just a really really energetic dude and you can feel that energy in this podcast so i'm excited for you guys to hear real quick before the show starts i want to give a quick shout out to my sponsor reebok one reebok is hooking it up with some of the dopest training gear guys if you want a great discount on your training gear from Reebok for life and to be in tune with some of the cool things they're going to be doing in the fitness industry check out the link in the show notes or visit reebok1.com slash boom boom now without further ado I give you the interview with boss Boss, welcome to the show, brother. I'm excited to have you, man. I'm excited to be here, Cody, man. Thanks for having me on the, um, on your podcast. Absolutely, man. So let's just kind of get right into it. I know a lot of people are going to recognize the name and know who you're, you are. So I kind of want to jump back, starting from ground one, dude. Like, where are you from? Like, kind of break down your childhood from me so we can see, like, how this evolution of just train and boss and fitness and everything happened. Yeah, man, for sure. I'm from Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, original dream was to play in the NFL. I come from a long football family. Um, you know, my cousin played in the NFL. Cousins played some some very popular, very well-known um, NFL players, uh, first cousins. And so that was always my dream. Um, Houston, I went to college, had a, was going to go to Arizona State and ended up getting in a little bit of trouble and went to Santa Monica and then from there, um, went to finish that, went in, end up going to Northwest Missouri State, um, pursued an NFL career, kind of didn't go my path, um, opened up a gym in Atlanta with one of my cousins that played in NFL and kind of got into the business of, you know, I was training for the NFL and, you know, at the same time I had this super entrepreneur spirit. I never knew, I knew that I never wanted to work for anyone or anything like that. So created this business and, um, you know, but it, it was always business, right? And then I fell in love with fitness, uh, just helping a lady lose weight, you know, training her through what I, my knowledge. And so that's when I fell in love with fitness, went through that space of where I realized that this was, it was more than just the way people looked. It was the conversations we had and it was their mental. And so that's how 
uh, it was all about athletes in the beginning, and then I transitioned to adults, and then understood that it was a mental thing. What I was doing was mental more than physical, and then people were using the results from a physical perspective to speak about me, and so that's how Just Train uh, came about. And so Just Train really speaks to Just Train Your Mind and Your Body to Follow. A lot of people think it's all about the body. Um, but I think that if we attack the mind and, uh, you know, once you say, once you, 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 and you can probably, the listeners and trainers who are here and Cody, you can say, you know, you can meet people all day that know they need to lose it, but until they make it up in their mind, it doesn't matter. They'll come to the gym every day. They'll work hard because they have work ethic, but then mentally they just, they tuned in to just working out, not tuned in to making a life change. So once people make a, you know, to mentally can go for their dreams or whatever their goal is, that's when things start to change. So that's kind of how Just Train came about. I like it, man. I 100% agree. And I think that most trainers who really make it kind of have to have that shift. And I know so many people, me included, and obviously you just said the same thing. We start as a trainer. We're like, I'm just going to train athletes, man. I'm just going to make beasts on the field, on the court. Like that's all we want to do. And then we kind of yeah. realize, like, not only from a business standpoint that that might not be the smartest thing, but, man, like, the reward of helping somebody lose 50, 7,500 pounds and just change their life, not only physically, yeah. but like you said, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I think that's what yeah. attaches people to the game. And obviously, that's essentially what attached you to this, right? Yeah, man, I think I think the transition for me, and, and this is something that I've, I've worked on, and uh, you'll hear me say that training became my game. Right. And so this was my game day. So um, by mantra that everybody we all we watch sports is this huge thing. But the game of life is a game. It's a sport. Right. And, yeah. and how we approach it. And so I've just approached fitness as if it's a game and it's my it's my game day how I perform how I communicate how my accountability is with clients and you know as I transition into more people that wanted to see more results from the the, the aesthetic side it, I realized that it really wasn't aesthetic it was mental and so that's when I really started to fall in love with it and I started to this fulfillment because I you not having football I was I, I, I fulfilled because I thought only my life would be great if I played football and uh, then I started to become more fulfilled and then fitness and then entrepreneurship really pushed it so I saw the the capabilities outside of just where fitness could take me right fitness was just a byproduct wellness was a byproduct to me reaching all these things within this realm to being a vessel to share um, a greater message to people about reaching their goals and fitness this was just that for me. And, you know, speaking to people, it's, it's like counseling, as you know. Uh, shit, we, a lot of these workout sessions become counseling sessions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you learn to go, you know, that's just training, you know. So you have to know what to take, not what to take. And uh, so it, it's, it's been a, a very interesting, fun journey and to this day. I love that, man. I think that that's honestly probably one of the biggest secrets of how you're going to get to the next level in this is – tapping into that mental side and being able to do it to others. But I love the way you put it with the game day. Cause one thing I always tell people is like it, or I tell trainers, if somebody's paying you to train them, to coach them, you should put on a show. So like when you say it's yeah. game day, like dude, that's huge because if you were paying a coach to train you, you would want the same thing. You want that like explosive, energetic coaching session. Right? So I love that you said it's a game day cause you need to put on a performance if people are going to pay you for that. Yeah, man, I, it, it's it's a lot. A lot of people don't want to be held accountable, so that's why you know. To be honest, it's why a lot of mother, a lot of people won't. Not that they won't succeed, won't reach their full, full level of potential, because they won't hold themselves to that level of, uh, uh, or to to that level of like uh, extreme, and, and because they don't, it's it's too much pressure to make. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to perform every day. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, try to over-prepare. What I've learned is over-prepare for shit, and um, they fail because they're overthinking. They're trying to uh, make shit perfect. And what we, what you realize is what we do it will never be perfect. We just have to have good energy, knowledge, and continue to make people, make sure that people know that we're accountable and we're consistent and you can count on us to help you 
reach those new levels of success. And so a lot of trainers don't understand that one responsibility when we get a client is to not have that person as a client for or for for because they need they want us. They don't need us anymore, right? So my number when I started, it was all about how the fuck can I get this client to not want me and need me anymore, not need me anymore and want me. That was me. I got to work myself out of a job. And people will go, what the fuck do you mean, work yourself out of a job? I'm here to work myself out of a job, and then you want right? And so that was, those are the things, like, that game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's yeah. the end? Like, that's the Super Bowl. That's the fucking Super Bowl. Like, you really think about that shit. Like, the day your client is, like, oh, fuck, I, 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 I achieved everything that I fucking came to you for. You're like, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> fucking Super you know, a championship, whatever you try to add, whatever trophy is for you, for us, those are our rewards. You know what I mean? So when that client walks away from you, they're your billboard. And so you become excited about that. And so that's why we, but it's all, it's all perspective and how you, how you build this up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how you approach it. hundred percent, dude. So like one thing I always tell people is like, you need to educate the client. So they understand what the hell you're doing, right? Like if you do not teach them how to do what they're doing, they're not going to maintain that result forever. And at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, at some point in time, you're going to stop coaching that individual and they need to be able to represent what they achieved with you later on down the road. So I 100% agree with you. And this is, dude, this is perfect for people to hear. Man, you're you're fired up as hell. Like just talking to you, I can tell that your energy is probably through the roof and that's probably why you are where you are today. Um, and I see a lot of entrepreneurs that are very successful that have that same energy. Where where did that come from? Like, where did your entrepreneurship come from? Do you feel like there was any point in time growing up that you just kind of always had that? Or is there some moment that pushed you to be your own boss in a way? Um, I, 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 I never, I, I'm a strong personality. And so I know a lot of people can't deal with me. Um, so knowing as a kid, you know, when I started cutting grass to make money to buy my first pair of Jordans, um, I started to realize how how many yards can I cut to make enough money to to do certain things. And so, um, and I just realized that, um, fuck, I I didn't want to work for anybody. And and that was at a young age. I just, you know, it came from in my family couldn't understand the the pure entrepreneurship that I was uh, attacking. And I just, it didn't matter to me. I I just, I just love the idea that I could bet on myself and then I can get up and try to create everything that I wanted to create. And then if I failed at doing something that I wanted to try to do, well, fuck it. I tried it. You know what I mean? And, um, and so that's where it came for me. I'm not afraid of failure. You know, I think for me, um, it, it, it's been exciting to uh, just uh, to attack failure. And, and I, I, don't, I don't see things as super, oh, I'm so super successful in this or super successful in that. I just wake up every day like I've achieved nothing. And so that what, that's what gives me the hunger to continue to pursue entrepreneurship and become better. Um, I'm not good, you know, at a lot of things, but I'm great at a lot of other things. And so I try to surround myself around those people and, you know, learning to be better, to be a better, you know, and, and I think that's what drives me more to be an entrepreneur because I can control my own destiny and surround myself around people that I want to be around. Um, and, you know, because playing sports, you didn't really have a choice, but you had one common goal and that was to win. And so for me with entrepreneurship, it, it, it was how, how do I create uh, my dream team? And yep. so that's what it was for me. And that dream team could just be me, but it's who you surround yourself around and what you create and what you your output and input. I like it, man. I, I like the, the idea of starting every day with like a fresh slate, right? Like what am I going to do today to achieve more? And I think it's funny too, like when I interview people, who are entrepreneurs, like you usually can point back to some point in their childhood where they started doing that, right? Like you cut grass and you bought some Jordans and you realize like, damn, well, if I do some work, I have my own money and I can choose what to do with that money. And that kind of builds that hunger, right? And so like, for me, it was the same thing. Like, even like selling old shit on Craigslist was like, damn, I can, I can hustle to make some money like this, right? And then I was a skateboarder growing up. So that was an independent sport, which meant like everything was on me. If I was going to be the best at this, it was up to me, yeah. right? So I think that was a huge pivotal moment for me. You obviously played football, which is a team atmosphere. How much did that play into like your hustle and your grind? Just sports in general. Um, everything. I mean, it it just made me realize that I, you know, you have to work with 
it taught me a lot, right? Because there were moments where um, I was the better athlete and, you know, you didn't start. You know, you had to overcome adversity because it was moments where I wanted to fuck coaches up because I was like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'll fuck you up and you need to put me in a game. I would put myself in a game, but it taught me to deal with people that that didn't understand my personality um, because I am very driven and what I want. And so it's a lot, it could be misunderstood a lot and I'm okay with being misunderstood. And so sports kind of took me there and it, and, and what football also did was just made me understand that working with different people from different places and, um, and maybe we didn't like each other, but the, we had a common goal. Like I said earlier, it was to win. And so, you know, football really, really did it for me. Um, I mean, growing up, you know, you know, I didn't grow up poor, Right. I, I, I won't even say I was middle class, but we weren't we weren't poor. Right. We, right. we, we struggled. Um, we, you, you, we, we, were, we weren't poor, but we weren't middle class. It was like we we may have got our lights turned off, but they weren't off long. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I lived in a middle class, uh, middle class America. So for me, um, pursuing entrepreneurship and just kind of seeing what the struggle was and some of my. Uh, cousins or whoever it was and some some of my you know some cousins were very rich you know my family members and and I never and I never wanted to take anything from anyone I, I don't like handouts so I always wanted to work and I wanted to be a provider not only for myself but I wanted to create opportunity and so entrepreneurship what I saw was like how can I how can I do this shit and be able to reward people around me and create opportunity and jobs and blah blah then how can I help people reach their full potential by being around me? And uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of where a lot of that came from. You know what I mean? I've, you know, literally working ice cream. I worked at TCBY ice cream growing up at 16 years old and shit. They, I was a manager. I mean, I, they, I mean, I literally had keys to the store at fucking 16. And you go, that's ice. It was a, one of the busiest ice cream stores like in the Metro Houston area. Like it was crazy. Cause I'm like, how the fuck am I a manager at 17 with keys to a store? And then, but I just realized like, I, that was just, I, I was in that just making friends and being cool. With the, right. It was never a job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I think to, to kind of touch on entrepreneurship a little bit, like, Though entrepreneurship is deemed people that work for themselves, kind of sort of, I think entre you can redefine that if you want, because I think that every day you wake up and you're in control of yourself, right? And so whether you work for someone, no matter what you do, you're in control of yourself and you're an entrepreneur of what task are put in front of you to, to, to finish. And so it's your responsibility to deliver. And you have to take that on as if you're an entrepreneur and make sure that you feel good about your deliverables. Because being an entrepreneur isn't for everybody. It isn't for every trainer. It isn't for everybody to pursue. But when you walk into somewhere, you need to have an attitude that this is my shit and I'm going to get it done right. And because someone's paying you for it. And so a lot of people take the approach where they're like, well, this is his shit, blah, blah. Well, that's why you'll never reach your full level of potential. It, you know, it's not the big house, the car that everybody thinks people dream about. It's just you, whatever you define as your full level of potential. But people try to take shortcuts because they're like, well, it's not really mine and it's not that. And so and people and, and people fuck themselves over because of, because of that simple mindset. Dude, fire. And I, dude, I could not fucking agree more. There's, a, there's actually a really, really good book that I read a couple times called the leader who had no title and that's exactly what he talks about it's like no matter what position you are in whether you're the ceo or the fucking janitor you should be grinding to your best ability because no matter what you end up doing that work ethic is going to end up paying off for you and your career whatever you make yourself of right in the future but, but, but people define themselves and i've never read that book but people def people define themselves based off a title that someone has given them so they'll do what's required based yep. on title exactly and so um i don't I, like I, I i don't get it but i understand it better now people like titles they need it so we we have to do it but for me i'm like i don't give a fuck about a title what, what do you want to call yourself okay cool good call yourself that you are the you know what i mean yeah and, and, and i get it though i truly understand but i but on the flip side i truly understand how titles makes sense right and like it, it it builds a level of hierarchy through um 
a company structure, right? And so there there has to be titles in a corporate structure, but at the same time, that doesn't define you based on how your work output and input is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I get it. I just it just doesn't that that title doesn't define how you put in work. Hundred percent. And I think I think successful entrepreneurs all have that mindset. So this all this energy, this work ethic, this hustle. How did that and when did that shift into fitness? You said that you owned a gym for a little bit. What at what point were you like, okay, I'm going to put all this energy and all this uh, business mindset that I have and put it all into training? Uh. Man, it was a conversation. Um, I created a program. You guys probably never, never heard of, but heard of it. But if you ever get a chance, check out CJ the Workout Kid. It's a concept I came up with uh, with a partner called. It was kids teaching kids how to be fit, and it, it, it blew up. I mean, Doctor Oz, Good Morning America, um, and his dad, my partner. I, I was I was a serial entrepreneur. I was trying to while I had the gym business, I was trying to start a. Uh, landscaping company because again that goes back to where I knew I could make money right yeah. um, and I was buying a dump truck and d- doing different stuff and he was like look man he came into my gym one day and he was like look man you're really good at this training shit and uh, you gotta give up all these other things you're talking about um, <laughs> you, you, you're you a master of, you know you, you're gonna be a jack of all trades and a master of none yep. and so I think at about 20 about 26 um i just was like all right here's what it is this is what it's gonna be and uh i just i dove in i stopped worrying about everything else and then i started to understand that i could still be that serial entrepreneur but i needed to be i needed something a clear thing that that people identify me with first never to say that i couldn't go be a real estate guy and create that landscaping company but i needed to hone in on one thing and make that one thing something special and then diversify my portfolio after that gold i I, dude again i agree with you 100 percent. i think that's it's funny when you, you – I listen to a lot of uh, – I read a lot and I listen to a lot of interviews with um, with just entrepreneurs in general, people who have ran very successful companies, whether that's as large as Amazon or it's a small-scale company um, like stuff that we run that's very successful. And they all agree on that one point of just mastering one thing and just being the best yeah. at that because your focus is going to be so laser-like that you actually can expand it to the level that you want to be at, right? Yeah. Um, and what, so at this point you, you own a gym now you're going all in on that, or is that when you decided like, I'm going to separate myself from the gym setting and do a little bit different? No, that, that, that was the day. I, I mean, it was all, it was the gym, it was fitness or nothing. So I created programs that went to aid to teachers. Uh, I mean, I was all over the city uh, and it was all about fitness. It was about boot camps. It was about meeting new people. It was about, I just wanted to infiltrate myself into people's mind as the trainer and not the football guy that trains, you know what I mean? Right. Um, trains people. And so I had to make a conscious effort to shift. And then I had an opportunity. I got a phone call. I was training Neo's manager um, at the time for a few years. And I, I, never I mean I don't call myself a celebrity trainer or any of the of the above and uh you know obviously for obvious reasons I get it um but um you know um I had the opportunity to train Neo and um I thought that was going to be a three-month gig and it turned out to be three years and that that was just you know the transition to the bigger business of kind of where we what what I evolved into from the fitness side and like realizing that that was going to I was using that as a marketing strategy. So when I did come back to Atlanta at the time where the gym was located, that, you know, that I that I'll be more polished and I'll go out and I'll learn. I'll make a little bit more money so I can invest more into that. And shit, I never I never went back home. <laughs> so you moved out to LA to start training Neil, obviously, and that expanded, correct? You started training, I mean, Trey Songs, obviously Kevin Hart. I think I saw Christina Milian was it. How did that like how did you start expanding throughout multiple celebrities so you could become, like I know you don't like to say it, but the celebrity trainer? Because I know there's a lot of trainers out there that would love to be able to train high level clients, whether they are an actor or an artist or just a CEO of a company. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, it's it's always again it was about making sure my presence was felt um you know 
no matter where I was at and what I represented. So, I mean, I used to be 240 pounds, football guy, traps walk in the room. I don't smile very much. Well, I smile a lot. But, you know, people would see me as this, and they thought I was security. So it was a shift. And so I just embodied fitness. And um, the day I've trained, you know, I, I mean, and, and, I, and I'll touch on this in a second, but the day I was, I've been with Neo, Neo actually fired me, to be to be definitely, to be blatantly honest. Um, three, four, about five months in, um, I, they just kind of took me off the road. Um, and the next thing you know, I'm, I'm, they, they did a photo shoot across the street from, a video shoot across the street from my house in Atlanta. And uh, the, his, you know, the manager came up to me and was like, hey, man, um, he was like, hey, man, um, you know, he, he's looking for another trainer. Say so you're not tough enough. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm not tough enough? And so um, a conversation with my, I called her. And, and so I was like, I can be that guy. I just don't know how you guys, you know, are. Um, and so that was a transition where once I came back, you know, I called my cousin. I put all ego to the side because I felt like, hey, you're a grown man. If you tell me you want to train at 9 o'clock, and you don't get up, and you tell me you don't feel good, well, you don't feel good. I'm not going to beg you to train. Right. And so I put my ego to the side, um, got to the point of dragging him out of bed. And so when what it was for me, I, I took that on as a challenge. I dropped the weight, and I, I, I realized that I was investing into him, and so everybody saw the way he looked, and, um, and they saw the results that he was yielding. And so when I just went around people, it was never like, oh, I'm the trainer, you should train with me. I just let people come into my circle of what really what I was doing and be, get excited about fitness and get excited about moving more. And, and I made movement fun. And so we would, same thing with Kevin, you know, and again, it's not just about celebrities. You know, we have a lot of high-end clientele. Um, one of our clients, um, the CEO of Rally Health, and, you know, I've traveled to Saudi Arabia to, uh, to, to train the crown prince at the time. And he's, you know, he's higher up now, I, you know, certain things, I, you know, but I've been all around the world with this fitness thing and I've been able to touch it. And it hasn't just been about celebrities. Um, for me, it's been about, you know, what's my impression what impression will be felt when people are around me and how do i the same way you want to gravitate towards anybody that has something you want you know how did that come off how to how so i know that people want to train so when i was in the, i was like okay well that energy has to be of that you know what i mean i have to be what I say I am. And so I just, I, I, I flew into it. And I think, so I don't, I'm not sure if I answered your question as far as like what I know a lot of young trainers want to be, you know, celebrity trainers and, but don't chase being a celebrity trainer. I think chase being accountable, chase being, uh, you know, in, in high end clientele will come, you know, do the work first and then your value will rise. Um, you know, I remember charging shit. I had one client, um, for about six months, and I was making 150 bucks a month, literally. Um, she was my only client. I mean, I was making a little bit more money because we were doing the speed and agility, but when I was going all in on boot camps and I thought that was it, I mean, shit, I, it was more, training her at five in the morning. I'm like, fuck, I gotta get up at four, drive to the gym, and have energy. But I couldn't quit. She signed up. Right. You know what I mean? She signed up, and then before you know it, you know, I had seven or eight classes with 30 to 40 people in it on an average day, you know, paying all the print, you know, paying all, you know, full price. So um, you just have to stick in it and then it'll be attracted to you. Some of you, some trainers don't live in a market where there's going to be high celebrity clients or, you know, but there's always people that will invest in you, but you have to hold yourself to that standard. Um, but you have to show people that you're worth what you're asking for as well. And so um, not just being a trainer, but, you know, bringing more to the table. You know what I mean? Right. Now, actually, I think you answered that perfectly by kind of saying there really is no way to like there's no straight path to being a celebrity trainer, right? Like you have to like literally what you said is you have to live this fitness life and let that be contagious because these people want to end up living it with you. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I and, think and what, the thing is that I tell young trainers, what is a celebrity trainer? Why is that? Like not a knock. I like I I worked with I worked with celebrities for the last eight years, seven years. But don't don't label yourself that. You know I get it. Blogs and podcasts for 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 headline stories. But like that doesn't the next man value doesn't validate you. You validate you. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you have to do your work and I get it, right? But you have to have enough faith in your ability to create and you're searching for a client to... I love Kevin. He's a, he's he's my partner in fitness, right? And Neil's a great friend and, you know, I've trained Diddy and, you know, all these people, but I don't walk in there going, oh, you're a celebrity. I mean, you know, no, like, I got a fucking job to do. Right. Fuck you mean? You know what I mean? Like, I don't give a fuck if you was Joe Blow. At the end of the day, I get it. You got a little bit more money, but I got a fucking job to do, and I'm going to do my job, and I'm not going to get caught up into your lifestyle because it's actually not my... Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? And so, um, I, I, it's not a... I, I don't tell... Train, I, I, I'm not the guy to say, don't chase that. I'm just saying... Hone in on a realistic perspective of the reality that you're trying to build for yourself, right? If that makes sense. And go for every fucking go. If I'm your, if, if, if boss is what you want to achieve, fuck it, so be it. Overdo me, overshoot that shit. But don't, don't put yourself in a box of, oh, I want to be a celebrity trainer. I've diversified my portfolio. I've, I, you know, being a celebrity trainer, I've been signed to multiple stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm signed to a supplement company. I've partnered with Toyota. I've done headquarter workouts at Target. I've been at AIG. Being a celebrity trainer doesn't do that. You know, walking around, like, they've given me visibility, but it was my responsibility to create the value within what I, what people saw. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So. If, I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to devalue the celebrity, right? But the celeb. What people miss is the celebrity does fucking work to be called a celebrity. You have to do the work to be called a, the trainer that people seek. You feel what I'm saying? A yeah. professional. So it's the same thing. And so people, you fall in love with the work. Fall in love with the process. And and, and it sounds cliche, but that's so fucking true. Like, everybody thinks right now these quantum leaps of success are just going to fucking happen overnight. You know what I mean? And it it doesn't because they think, oh, I'm going to attach to this person and I'm going to just blow up. No, I fucking slept in my car. You know what I mean? I fucking grinded it out. I woke up. I remember sleeping in my car, literally getting up before trainers, not because I didn't have a place to stay. I just didn't want to go to my my person I was dating at the time house. And I was like, fuck this. I'm going to sleep in my car. I slept in my car for months. And I would wake the fuck up right before clients get there, brush my teeth, wash my face. I mean, I showered at the house. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in taking a fucking bath. But, uh, <laughs> right? But it, you, I fell in love with the process of who I wanted to become and not who someone else felt like I they would help me. You know, and, and along the way, everybody helps us. And I'm appreciative of every client and I love every client that I have, but I don't, you can't put those people on a pedestal higher than you. You feel what I'm saying? Because you'll always become set. I, I know my role, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you have to know your role and be great at your role and pursue that shit to the fullest extent. Yeah. No, I, I don't even care how cliche, like, fall in love with the process may sound, but it's the truth, man. Like, if you do not fall in love with the process, it doesn't matter who you're working with. At the end of the day, it's not going to go very far. Um, so what, I mean, let's let's go into a day of the life, because obviously you're, I mean, you're grinding. I know that, and anybody in your position, in my position, anybody who is in entrepreneurship is busy and is Again, grinding, right? So what is a day in the life training these people, running your business, being a social media influencer, essentially, like all these things tied together, like what does a day in the life look like for you? I'm assuming it's sporadic, but like, let's kind of dial in and and see what it's like. Yeah, man. I mean, right now, I mean, shit, the evolution of of change of, of, of who I've become is, is interesting in itself. Um, you know, it's, it's training, you know, in the morning, I don't, when I'm home, I, you know, I don't take a lot of clients, um, just because it's unfair, you know, even though people will do it, uh, it, um, people will take, take me on. I, I'm still blown away that people will be like, I'll train with you. I don't care. Just give me, if you're going to be here for four days, let's just do four days. And I'm just like, all right. But so, um, but I, I train, I wake up, I typically train clients. It's a lot of phone calls, um, working on a lot of content, really developing the just train website, um, trying to you know, embark new trainers to come and be a part of the Just Train team. Um, You know, a lot of corporate conversations about what's next, a lot of new partnerships. Um, Just really think a lot of of conversations that seem like nothing. Um, 
are I see the long term potential, you know. Um, so to kind of say that, like like five years ago, I wrote a corporate wellness program that just got used in 2017. So actually, it will be six years. But I was sitting in a hotel in Saudi Arabia with, you know, one of my team members back then, and we fucking wrote a fucking whole corporate wellness idea. And shit, 2017, we pitched that idea to a company and they bought it. But for something, you know seven years ago. So that's really what we're working on now. You know, we have Just Train Kids, um, the foundation that is something very active that we're trying to really put into the universe. It's a nonprofit um, to kind of help kids with childhood obesity. So these are all daily things that we're doing. You know, the meal prep company that um, potentially that uh, some guys are working with. So it's a lot of meetings and conversations and, uh, you know, training myself and really just trying to become a better trainer. and, and just paying attention and, uh, you know, really focusing now on recovery, um, a lot more rehab and just understanding that so I can spread that message more than just the moving component. But, the you know, so that's really where I'm at right now um, as far as my day to day. A lot, you know, if, if we're on the road, um, if I'm traveling, you know, which is shit, 30 out of 30 days typically um, in 2017 and we're on tour, but you know, if we're on, if we're on set of a movie or traveling, what typically happens, we train around 5 a.m. in the morning where we'll eat breakfast after, um, go straight to set, or, you know, we may have a flight to catch. And so as soon as we land, we'll, you know, go hit, hit the ground running, find meals, find restaurants, find places to train, um, to make sure that my clients, you know, are in a comfortable space. I typically don't like to use hotel gyms. Um, I like to get out and explore the city a little bit. Um, you know, uh, but, you know, some ho- a lot of hotel gyms now at this point are doing amazing jobs, creating spaces that people can really move in and train in. Yeah. So um, that's 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 it's, it's been fun. And so that's kind of the day of kind of what uh, what we kind of do, um, learning to kind of bullshit around a little bit more, have a little bit more fun um, creating, you know, creating good content. So so what uh, what like. Does Kevin? So, are you traveling with Kevin, obviously, as he goes through, and you're training him wherever his movie takes him, or whatever, uh, where he's touring for comedy shows and stuff? So, are you going with him year round? Yeah, I travel full time. I've been traveling with Kevin now for three and a half, this four years, nonstop. So, I'm 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 full time travel. Kev's my only client, um, in in a sense of like. Um, you know, we have about six trainers that travel under the Just Train umbrella that train other celebrities or, uh, you know, other high-end clientele or CEOs of whole, uh, companies that, so Monday through Friday, or they may live with the client as well, and they travel and do the same thing. Okay. So is there, uh, what I would like to know is, I mean, Kevin is, one reason, like, I really liked him from the start was that he was involved in health, right? There's a lot of celebrities or, or CEOs or entrepreneurs or whatever who do not pay attention to how important health and fitness is just to be successful. And I always love that Kevin really dove into, like, actually stepping out and being healthy. I mean, he's doing, like, the runs and all these different things. Is there, like, a specific morning routine that he goes through from a health perspective to tap him into the hustler that he is? Because I would say that, like, out of all the comedians and actors, he is definitely up there as one of the guys who's clearly, like, grinding and hustling and becoming, like like he says, the rock star of comedy, right? Well, that, that the rock star of comedy was something that came way before me. Kevin has a hustle. Um, he believes in himself. He believes in his ideas. And so um, he believes that he can create whatever the hell he wants. And so... Um, when we teamed up, it was a clear conversation of, Hey, I'm, I, I want to be your trainer, but I want to be your partner in, in, in fitness. And so we really approached that and, you know, um, he's just, he's just that guy. And so, um, he's made me better and I've also feel like I've made him better. And so he's just a, he's just one of those guys that just has a natural motor, you know, that that's going to go and he, he's going to push the limit. And so, um, I think once you taste success and he's been successful for a while, but you, you, you do everything you can to not, he's one of those people that's like, he wants to be the best, you know, no matter what it's, he's not competing. Um, he, he has this inner competition with himself. And so while what we've created is that's why it's so fun because we compete with each other day in and day out. And so we create challenges for ourselves and we, you know, we, we, we actually battle a lot. So, um, that, but but that's just natural. I can't take credit. He he's a natural born hustler and grinder. 
Yeah. Uh, so on a personal level, is he as funny in person as he is on, on TV and everything? I see a lot of celebrities who I hear stories about they're like different when they're offset, but I see him being one of those guys that's exactly how he seems when you see him. Fuck on, Kevin's uh, funny. Fuck <laughs> Kevin's funny. Who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> no, Kev, Kev's funny. He's, he's a funny guy. Obviously, I'm with him every day. We laugh a lot. Um, you know, we laugh extremely a lot. He's, he's, he's a genuine-hearted, funny Funny guy. Funny guy. Dope. I love it. So let's get back into, uh, like, why you do what you do, man. Like, one question I really wanted to ask you is, like, what is your why? Like, there's always, like, a purpose and a burning why behind everything you do and the vision that you're you're foreseeing. Can you put, like, a name or, or a line or, or an explanation to what your purpose and why is within this fitness game? It's not fitness. I just want to be an example for my nieces and nephews and – you know, it was never about being a social media influencer. I wanted to create a business. I wanted to be a businessman. And so my why is now it's, it's evolving into inspiring people to reach their fullest potential. Um, and, you know, I'm not very vocal. Um, one of those people that's going to sit there and talk to you. But I admire Muhammad Ali. He's one of the guys that I just that that's my guy. Like I, I, I respect what he stand he stood for. And, uh, you know, so for me, it's about making sure that my family knows, my nieces and nephew knows, and now my, my, my followers know that they can reach their full potential, no matter what the fuck happens, if they put in work and cause hard work, you know, doesn't guarantee success, but again, it damn sure gives you a better chance at, at it. And, you know, it's something, it's something to work towards. So going off of that, what would be your like biggest pieces of advice for we have a lot of trainers who listen to this show and a lot of young entrepreneurs in the fitness game that are really trying to come up, trying to get their feet wet and just build their career or their expertise. What is the biggest advice you can give for young trainers and coaches looking to expand and grow? Number one, you make sure you follow my fucking ass. No, no, and comment <laughs> on everything. Uh you know, um I, I think accountability you know like you want to grow and i think this is for me you we speak growth in so many facets but i think you know have a vision board but i think that you how you grow is you live and you you push the fucking limit and you don't have this you know um i'm not a guy that lives by um oh i wrote this down and that's the goal no fuck that i'm exceeding what is is expected you feel what i'm saying yeah. so oh um i've designed gyms and you know fuck man i didn't never thought i would go to saudi arabia but you have to really believe in the dream and so you have to get up you have to dedicate yourself to your craft and you have to really surround yourself around other like-minded individuals whether it's training i had a mentor that that was a he's a he's a, he's a multi-millionaire when i was you know but he wasn't into fitness like he, i mean he works out now but like he was fucking a businessman, but I learned principle, right? I learned principle value. And so surround yourself around people that are wanting to take you higher and wanting to take you to the next level and help you reach your full potential. And it and they don't have to be in the same field as you. They just have to be in the same mindset of you as growth. And I think that um, will ultimately help you. And then I think as you build in this training world with there's so many trainers and it's like, we don't know to decipher what's a good trainer from a bad trainer because there's so many motherfuckers that are just out here doing, you know, uh, I respect all trainers by the way, but my thing is just, just be accountable and not just everybody wants, you know, I get this question a lot. How do you build your social media file? Why is that important? Yeah. You know, like, get it, but that shouldn't be of importance, right? Like, I had a guy, this is a real story, and, and, and if he listens to this, great, but he'll, he'll tell you. Like, he'll, he called me one day, he's like, hey, I'm going to go to this, this ex, it's, I won't say, I'm going to this huge thing where all these trainers are going to go, and, and I'm taking my team, we own this gym, and he goes, um, yeah, it's going to cost us about, I'm, I was mentoring, it's going to cost about $6,600 or $6,500 to be there, man. You know, I think it's great for me to get this exposure. And I'm like, you're about to spend $6,600 to go travel into to Cleveland. You live in Houston to, 
to to be around people that will never touch your market and to just be around. You're not in that. That's not your, you know, under put place things at the right time. You take that $6,600, invest in marketing and everything back home, get your ass out there on the grind, put your foot to the pavement and be willing to put in the work and your business will expand. But you, you're about to spend $6,600 for cool to say that you're somewhere for cool factor. Yeah. Fuck trying to be right now and, and put the work in until your feet hurt the slab and then that's and, and show people and then go to the classic and have something to share and talk about about your experience right now you just want to go yeah we opened up a gym who the fuck there gives a fuck about your gym in Houston right now you haven't done that so fall in love with like building and then start to experiment get out and, and if you have the money right to, to, to travel to these things and to, to be around that energy and learn and gather from that, great. But if you're in a growing process, you have to, you, at that point, you're, you're managing money. You can't spend that type of money fucking going somewhere and potentially, you know, six months from today, you're like, fuck, I, I sure wish I didn't sp spend that. So just make sure you're really thinking about it and making sure that you're really willing to put your foot to the pavement to make those things come true. Um, so I hope that doesn't sound like I contradicted myself in a way of like, but surrounding yourself around a lot of great people. But then at the same time, I'm telling you not to go, but just know what's a value, right? Just know that at what time of your life do you need to be flying around trying to meet these people? And what time of your life do you need to be investing in your business of what you want? You know what I mean? Yeah. And putting that effort towards that rather than trying to spend money to be cool and trying to spend money to go, well, I want a big following. You should, Okay, great. What are you going to do to make people believe that you deserve that? You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. What are you going to do there? Um, so, yeah, if that makes any sense. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think like just knowing Kaiza as well as I do, she'll say the same exact thing where like the reason you guys do have a big following is because your work ethic and because you believe in the mission of moving more, being healthy, living a fit life. Like you guys put in that work and it just shows and that's why your following grew, right? There's no hacks to yeah. this shit. Like you can't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I, I actually love that answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, and then after, you you get to a point to look like, and, and look, you want to talk marketing, spend money in marketing, spend money in marketing on Instagram, spend money in marketing on Facebook. That's any business principle. But if you're unaccountable for any of the shit that you're, so when people do come to you and you don't show up on time and you, you spent the money, it, it doesn't mean shit because you haven't truly fell in love with the fucking shit that you're trying to do. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like. That's what I'm saying. If that sums it up, like everybody wants the exposure, but don't they just like they want to be cool? Motherfuckers just want to be cool. Oh fuck, I'm <laughs> had a fucking lot of followers. Well, do right by them. Don't misuse them. Make sure that you're, you know, be a. Are, are you really this positive person? Or are you just doing it just to seem cool? Are you really, really trying to be better? Or are you just doing it to be cool? Like, are you so? Are you trying? Like, oh, shit, I got abs. Okay, who the gives a fuck? Are you helping people be better? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. what's your message? Like, Yeah, you got to be able to fulfill what you're selling. Like, don't get into the yeah, selling. You know what I'm saying? No, listen, no disrespect to anybody, but like, shit, I've been, in, I've been in the best shapes of my life. But like, at the same time, I've not been in the best shapes of my life. It's, it's a lifestyle balance, but it's, it's fair to teach people through that. But be held accountable at the same time for who you are and allow yourself to be able to preach people to create these lifestyle balances so that you are now becoming the vessel that you're asking for this advice, you know. Um, because trainers are look. I mean, Instagram is basically a fitness fitness fucking uh, site. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, it's the fitness channel for us, for us, you know. Um, and I mean, obviously, maybe because we're fitness guys, but everybody's posting. Whether you're a celebrity or not, you post workouts and entrepreneur. Everybody's posting. Everybody can't talk entrepreneurship. Everybody can't talk how to be a celebrity. Everybody can't talk um, how to, you know. So when you really look at it, everybody wants to move more. And so they look for us. And so it's our responsibility to make sure that we're accountable for the shit that we're, we're doing and not making people feel bad about themselves and making people want to move more and make, you know what I mean? So, um, that's just anyway. Yeah, no. And I think the biggest lesson for any young trainer to take is just live what you're preaching and just be passionate about it. And I think that will speak loudly and, and show you that will gain you a following that will gain you business that will gain you clients and that will fulfill you more than anything else. So I love yeah. that, man. That's huge. So, so yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna wrap up with a personality question. I like to wrap this up with some more personal uh, for the people I interview, and this one's kind of funny. So, 
you're and you're in LA, so this is about the same flight time as it would be for me. So you're the situation is you're on a flight going to Japan. So you got like 13 hours on this flight. You're in the middle seat and you have two empty seats right next to you. You can choose anybody to sit in those seats with you, but it cannot be friends and it cannot be family. Alive or dead, who's sitting next to you on that flight? Muhammad Ali. You got one more seat. Oh, two. Fuck. Oh, I, I, I don't need. I don't need. I do. I don't need another seat to be filled. Fuck that shit. I just need Muhammad Ali to uh, to sit next to me. Um, let me think. Um, who would be the second person, man? Fuck. Will Smith. I admire Will Smith's. Uh, I admire Will Smith's uh, tenacity. His his thought process on things. Uh, you know, so yeah, Will Smith and Muhammad Ali. Dude, I think that would be a great combination of two people to sit by. The conversations between the three, you guys would be out of this world. Yeah, I, I fucking think I would dominate the conversation. I mean, no, I'm fucking <laughs> kidding. I, I, would, I would just be a fly on the wall, man. I would really just admire to kind of sit there and listen um, to perspective and, you know, their growth and just kind of what, just to kind of hear these guys talking. Yeah, it would, I think it would be absolutely amazing. Um, and, I mean, if you're talking about admiring and then, you know, um, if I took Will Smith away, I'll put my mother right there. Yep. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. It's a great answer. Well, dude, I really do appreciate you jumping on the show, man. It's been a blast talking to you. I think everybody's going to be fired up after listening to this. Um, if anybody wants to check out Boss's information, everything is going to be in the description. Do you have any parting words for the audience before we – Sign off. Just train and fucking stay motivated, stay accountable, uh, make somebody life better, uh, and just go fucking be the best you. Be fucking great. That's it. Love it, man. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I hope you really enjoyed that. I know I did. And I know my big takeaway from that interview with Boss was mainly just like anybody can do it. If you just have a vision, you just follow your heart and trust your gut and you just hustle and you just grind, there's no doubt that you will be successful in every avenue, whether that is losing 50 pounds or building a massive business empire, whatever your dreams and goals are, you can achieve that as long as you just follow your heart. Like that was the big takeaway for me and I hope you guys shared the same and just listen to everything he said and just roll with it. Um, If you guys could do me a huge favor, I would seriously appreciate it if you went to iTunes, left me a five-star rating and review and if you shared this with a friend that could benefit from it as well. My goal with this podcast is just to create impact and create a movement. I love creating content from the podcast to my Instagram, to my Facebook, to my blog because I know it can just help people. They are all free resources and all I want to do is just give that free resource to more and more people. So what you can do for me is leave me a five-star rating and review, subscribe if you aren't already subscribed, and make sure that you try to share this with a friend, whether that's sharing it on Facebook or Instagram, or it's just literally texting a friend the link to the show. Because I know the more people I can touch with this, the bigger it will grow and the more people we can help together. Once again, thank you guys for listening to the show. I will catch you next time.